it's not a situation where it's gotten easier for the silver miners. Cost of production is, is bordering on the price now for some of the primary silver miners. Although, what can you say about the silver that's going to come as a byproduct from the copper miners? Because I hear it's not yeah. getting easier for them either. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Mark is here with you for Arcadia Economics. And in today's video, we're going to be digging into how you have a silver supply demand deficit that's been going on in the silver market for the last couple of years. That when you look at some of the conditions in today's economy seems to be set to widen. Fortunately, to dig into that is Jorge Ramiro Monroy of Reina Silver who also has a lot of experience on the copper side of this. And with 70 to 80% of the silver that hits the market coming from byproduct of copper, lead, zinc, gold mines, uh, quite fortunate to have Jorge joining us and sharing his experience. Jorge, great to catch up with you again. Nice to see you. And how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Chris. Uh, fantastic to see you. Thank you for giving us a chance to, to speak in your, in your program. Always uh, great to come. It's been a minute since I was here, so very happy to, to see you. Well, it's always nice to catch up with you. Obviously, you've been doing this for a long time. You're, you've been in it from the perspective of other types of mining projects, such as copper as well. And I'll just pull up, here are the Silver Institute supply and demand numbers. And you yes. can see the market balance. This is if you include the ETFs and whether they actually have their silver in there. Or, Maybe we'll find out one day, but you can see deficits the last couple of years. And certainly investment demand has risen as inflation is 8% PPI, 11%. And people can see the cost of things going on up around them. Some things unavailable, yet it's not a situation where it's gotten easier for the silver miners. Cost of production is, is bordering on the price now for some of the primary silver miners, although what can you say about the silver that's going to come as a byproduct from the copper miners? Because I hear it's not yeah. getting easier for them either. No, you know, look, Chris, this is a, this is kind of uh, the million dollar question always because the, you know, the supply that comes from copper from other base metals is notoriously opaque, very tough to track it, very tough to know how much of, you know, that byproduct uh, is available uh, on the market. You know, what I can tell you, since you asked me about copper, is um, you know copper has some supply fundamentals that are really dramatic, really you know really coming in in crunch time for for copper. Um, you know, you, I'm sure uh, you and your listeners have been following the copper story as well. And the reality is that there's just a, you know not uh, enough copper uh, available. Uh, the 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 demand is certainly surpassing the the supply, but you know, one thing that's that's very unique about copper is copper mining takes place in in, in big settings. You know, big open pit uh, copper porphyries are the the vast majority of the, of the copper supply, and those you can't just turn up, you know, uh, the the tap when you need more. You you need to first of all make the discovery, second you need to make the permit, do the permits. There's tremendous pressure from uh, environmental. So even even once you find the, uh, the the copper resource, I think it's fair to say that the permitting is going to take longer and longer and longer. So 
you know, it, it's very tough to quantify. I think you have those figures from the Silver Institute. I went through them myself over the last few weeks. The reality is that it's very tough to tell, but there is certainly a case to be made that, you know, those, uh, uh, you know, copper uh, byproducts are not necessarily a certainty. And, and, and when you look at the silver market, you know, I don't think we should necessarily count on those coming uh, on board, especially in a long, like say for the next five to 10 years, um, you can't count on them necessarily coming in on a, you know, on, on a sort of um, steady basis, so to speak. And then uh, regarding your other point that, that you touched, which is very interesting, you're talking about, you know, uh, how silver uh, miners are starting to, you know, cost inflation, sorry, are starting to creep in, their cost of production starting to, to, come, uh, to come up as well. So, you know, silver, you know, almost you and I probably started speaking in your show two years ago. And in the last two years, almost every week you come, you find one more element to make the thesis for silver become stronger and stronger. You know, uh, two years ago, the silver prices uh, break even for most companies was at $15, $16 per ounce. It's now closer to 19. You know, if inflation keeps going on, it will be closer to 20. So for myself and for my company, Reina Silver, that's one of the reasons why we're focused on high-grade silver because we're looking for something that will make uh, money uh, under any market condition and, and where the margin is, uh, is gonna be uh, available there. And the reality, Chris, is there's very few uh, silver projects coming uh, on board that are big enough and that are high grade enough. So again, one more element to, to think about silver prices going up. You know, one of the, I mean, I've gone for a long time, so I don't know if you want to stop here and, and uh, you have any questions, but, but I had a couple more points that I wanted to make. No, please continue. Well, listen, just very quickly, the other two things that I've been keeping my eye on is, you know, I came to, to the U.S. three months ago, and really what I wanted to do, Chris, was uh, so many of our investors are, are based in the U.S., and so much of the, the, the big interest in silver is here in the U.S., and one of the big debates that I've seen is, uh, you know, silver becoming a, more of a, um, you know, a commodity that's industrial, or is it still, you know, sort of fundamentally, uh, uh, you know, something that's a monetary, people looking at it as money. And, you know, the, the last three months traveling around the U.S. and meeting uh, shareholders and meeting just overall investors in silver really gave me a very unique and new perspective on just how much believed there is here in the U.S. for silver as an asset class. And I think people you know, uh, are, people here in the U.S. are just big believers in silver. And, and I think, you know, we're at a point where people are seeing, you know, inflation take a toll on their day-to-day, -day, on the day-to-day. -day. You know, it's, I think that is something not to be uh, uh, underestimated. And people are really going into gold and silver as a way to protect the, the value of, of their money. So I think, uh, you know, certainly, um, so just to recap, you know, you have um, silver prices going up. So that's going to have a, a, a you know, that's, that's going to, again, have an issue in terms of, you know, silver supply. Number two, copper as a byproduct of silver. We know for a fact that, you know, as copper supply goes up, yes, it frees up more silver supply, but, you know, copper cannot be, I think, I think there's going to be a gap between the, the time that, that copper can come into production. So for the, for the short to medium term, that's, I don't think copper 
can make a, a big dent on, on satisfying the, the, you know, that, um, that extra supply that you need. Third, you have really a dramatic number of uh, participants in the market, especially here in the US, who are looking for silver as a way to protect their, um, their wealth. You know, I've been over the last two years increasingly um, intrigued and, uh, and very interested in speaking to all the people who are, because, you know, traditionally you thought only old people are interested in silver. And now, and I think Chris, more than you, more than anybody knows how, how many young people are turning into silver and, and buying physical silver. And then the last point is, um, you know, I think almost every single use for silver is projected to increase, uh, in some cases, dramatically. You know, if you look at solar panels, look at investment, look at, uh, you know, obviously jewelry, industrial applications related to, to electronic cars. So maybe I leave it at that just to give you a, sort of my thoughts on where we're at with the silver market. And, and um, also curious to see what, what do you think? Well, I think the numbers support what you're saying because here you look at the industrial demand 10 years ago was around 450 million ounces. Now that was up to 508 million, uh, around 500 million for the last couple of years, projected higher this year. You look at the uh, bar and coin demand, there we go, up 36% yes. last year. A lot of that coming from silver squeeze, but like you said, I think now it's to the point where people are seeing the gas prices. They're seeing a, a more increasingly chaotic world and more and more are finding out about silver. I wonder if it's gonna be one of those situations where once the price starts to move, that's when you see more widespread buying and it would be interesting to see how that plays out after that. Yeah, I, I think I think you're very very right about that, Chris. I think you know the. Um, uh, I think we're at a point where there's just so much uncertainty. Nobody knows where to go. Um, you know, obviously the Fed is not helping because they seem to be uh, sending the message that they'll keep increasing rates no matter what. I think a lot of us who are um, in the precious metals business and who are so focused on on you know on what the Fed says, most of us don't believe that that's possible. Uh, it, it does seem like they, they've been bluffing, you know, year after year. Um, but they do have to take uh, they do have to take inflation seriously. So it, it's a little bit of a, an uncertain time. So the, the I mean, for me personally, though, the you know, I, it's pretty amazing to see. Even though this sort of announcements from the Fed keep uh, putting a little bit of a damper in the days after the uh, the announcements on, on gold and silver. Really, the prices have been incredibly resilient. You know, they tend to almost immediately come back. You know, we, you, again, that, that uh, you know, strong U.S. dollar um, the thesis from the old days where you know gold used to move on a different direction. You know, you, you're now seeing a, um, a a situation where you know U.S. dollar keeps strengthening and, and gold and silver hold their own. So it, it's you know certainly we're in uncharted territories. That that's no question about that. But I think that the other thing that you have more on the, um, well, I think both on the precious metal, uh, physical and on the explorers and producer equities in precious metals is, uh, you know, with, uh, with a slowdown of the economy, that's gonna take a toll on tech. And I think uh, at some point, capital allocators are gonna start looking at the precious metals sector from two prisms. One, 
you know, um, uh, protection for uh, as a hedge against inflation. But two, and especially in the gold companies, their margins are just phenomenal. So at some point, just a little bit of capital coming into our sector, you know, is enough to to send the whole thing up substantially higher from where it's now. So really, from almost any angle you look at it, um, you know, it's I, I still think that the sector is cheap and has a lot going for it in terms of uh, things that are favorable to it. It's going to be stunning to see how that plays out with silver being so small. So relative yeah. to the, some of the amounts of money that are flowing out there, it, we'll see how it eventually moves yet here. Back to the what you said earlier with the, the copper and lead zinc projects. I wonder what it's like to plan when you see that type of volatility down to a dollar thirty-five, up to four bucks, down to two dollars. Here's yeah. the zinc chart. I mean, it's going up three thirty-four eighty-one, two thousand. I mean, and that same with lead. And you look at the natural gas futures spiking, heating oil spiking, and they they say inflation's coming down a little bit. But how, how are businesses supposed to plan, especially when we're looking at a supply gap already and then what normally would have gone on in, in any sort of hedgeable normal market is just being destroyed because we have more interest rate hikes on the way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, <clears throat> that's, that's a, the, you know, the, the big question is how this is going to play out. I personally can't believe they can keep increase, increasing uh, rates the way they're saying. Uh, with uh, you know, with the economy going into into deep recession, especially so close to the um, to an, an election year, that's uh, you know that's going to be crucial. Uh, you're going to have uh, the political landscape here in the U.S. is is uh, you know very unfavorable to the to the party that's in power. I just can't imagine they they can uh, execute on on a racing increase of the magnitude that they're speaking about. So I think from that. From that point as well, you know, you know they they've been uh, bluffing for years and years and years, um, and by and large they have uh, not followed through. <laughs> so, I, I think that's that's another reason why you know it's it's not a bad idea to just stay hold, uh, you know, stay strong in your belief on on precious metals. We'll see how this deficit gets resolved. Although, Jorge, fortunately, I like the approach that you've taken where building a company that, like you said, can withstand whether we have a bear market, and that is Raina Silver. And I thank you for your support of the show here. And perhaps you could provide folks with an update. I know you're getting started on a drilling pro program at Medicine Springs. So could you give us a quick update on what's going on there? Absolutely. So. So maybe I'll give you a general update on the whole company, Chris, because you know, at Wayne Silver, we're doing a lot of exciting things. The, the value proposition of the company in the context of what Chris and I were speaking about is, you know, we're single-mindedly focused on finding silver deposits that have high grade and district scale. District scale meaning, you know, we're looking for something big. And, um, you know, the silver supply is very tight. The companies are, the supply that is in place, a lot of it is low grade. So it's very susceptible to, uh, to, to lower silver prices. So really what uh, the market is looking for is a uh, you know, project that's big and that has high grade silver. So we're actively exploring three projects, Gigi and Batopilas in Mexico. 
At Gigi, we've done 20,000 meters and we're about to start the next eight to 10,000 meters. It's, um, it's an amazing project. The, maybe the overarching theme for our three projects is uh, they're a mixture of Brownfield and Greenfield. Brownfield in the sense that all our projects are either former producers or right next to former producers. But the producers are producers that are you know, from the colonial times and that uh, really have had very little modern day exploration to this date. So at Gigi, we're uh, looking for the missing part of the Santulalia district that has produced half a billion ounces of high grade silver. And you know, so far we've made two very significant discoveries in, in terms of, um, of, of uh, two drill campaigns and each of, each of one of those two drill campaigns announced a significant uh, discovery uh, which your listeners can look at in detail on, on our press releases. Then about to peel us, we, again, it's historically the, the highest grade silver mine in Mexico. It was in production all the way until the Mexican revolution, producing 300 million ounces of silver and a kilo per ton silver. That's almost seven times the, the, the current uh, grade. So very, very high grade. Again, not a lot of work with modern technology, we went in last year, found multiple extensions to the historic veins, and through drilling, we intersected hybrid silver, and for the first time, gold, which you know had never been found in the district. We found a significant extension of mineralized gold, both at surface and 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 from drilling, and um, we're going to keep drilling that asset until the end of the year. And very exciting, as you mentioned, Medicine Springs. It's our one project in the U.S. in Nevada. It's a project that the base of it are a small historic mine that produced very high grade silver and had a little bit of drilling, but very superficial. So really what we did is we have conceptualized it as a large district scale project with targets, you know, throughout uh, almost 4,000 hectares of, um, that we have staked. And we're gonna be starting drilling there in September. So again, we put together a rain of silver is something that's really well poised for for, for adding value to exploration. And, you know, maybe the last thing I'll say, Chris, regarding our companies, uh, regarding our Batopilos project, that's a high grade project that I mentioned. It has a fascinating history having been, you know, historically the biggest and highest grade silver mine in Mexico. There's a book written about it called The Silver Magnet. And if any of your listeners would like a copy, I would be very happy to send them to them. All you have to do is write me an email at info at reinasilver.com, Reina with a Y, or uh, Jorge, which is my name, at reinasilver.com. Uh, both emails uh, uh, will come directly to me and send me your address and we'll be happy to send you a copy. Well, I appreciate that, that you always do that for the listeners. I did enjoy my copy and really put in perspective some of the different challenges that miners are facing not the easiest thing to do so Jorge I sure appreciate what you're doing out there seems like the right time in the right place we'll look forward to seeing how this gets resolved although fortunately Jorge was kind enough to stick around give us a bit more detail about some of the projects that they're doing at Reina Silver and just click on the video that's coming your way now. Mm -hmm.